0: And welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kimberly Lannon, and I'm here, and I think it's our fifth. We've passed a month of podcast. Yes. we yes. are in our second month of my brand new podcast of your daily number game Five. face. Yep, and and I'm here with Lou, my lovely producer, <laughs> who keeps us entertained lovely. every week. I'll we try. have lots to talk about. I um, I actually wanted to thank people. People have been giving great feedback yes. to both of us, and and complimenting us on our our um, rapport and our back and forth and how um, good chemistry we have to be able to talk. So it's very good. I'm just sitting
1: in the front row of the class, that's all. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, So, But this last week has been fabulous because I got a lot of feedback from people around the topic of um, eating and weight loss and motivation and things like that. So I thought we'd start off a little bit more talking about that because I had some questions and people asked a little bit more about that. You've actually mentioned that... You know, your weight loss has kind of given you the impetus to do other things and be more motivated and kind of turned your life around a lot. I think I
1: mentioned it last week. It's no coincidence that all the good work that I've been able to do over the last few years started with weight loss because I think it gives you the tools. I think, A, it gives you the tools. B, it gives you encouragement because it's easy to get going with the weight Mm -hmm. loss. Those first few pounds really are relatively easy to lose and you start to feel some success and you, things start to work and you gain some confidence and what well, you can take this forward into other areas of your life.
0: Well, right. And so so it's interesting because people will talk about, you know, different things giving them the impetus to move forward. And weight loss seems to be one of the biggest things. Oh, good morning, Terry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but weight loss seems to be one of the big things that motivates people because, you um, it it kind of opens the door even though you'd think it's something insignificant. It's pretty significant to people because it holds people back or just getting a better relationship with food, not necessarily having to lose you know, hundreds of pounds or even 50 pounds. It's just a couple pounds or moving a lifestyle change around for some people. So I know that you had talked about it was a significant weight loss and many people have that, but it's just the motivation because it sort of sets you up to find purpose. It gives you a goal. It sets you up for goal setting. Um, People always talk about having goals and going Getting to a bigger spot based yep. on, on you know the ultimate goal. But it's really about getting those little pieces in place so that you feel accomplished, yep. feel more motivated, have better self-esteem, and how big a deal that is. And you can find that not only in weight loss, you can find that in you know changing jobs, uh, better, bettering your relationships, yep. um, exercising without weight loss. It just depends on what your goal is. But man, it can really change a, it's a
1: two lot. major things that yeah. weight loss will do for you. It gives you a sense of control that you probably lacked before this is one of the, the base issues you don't feel like you have control over your life right and the things that happen to you secondly helps your self-image
0: exactly Yeah,
1: you know, and that's probably a baseline issue as well right. so you start to feel like you start to feel worthwhile and you start to feel like hey I've got a little control over my life
0: right so that that's a important piece I think in general that you can apply to most things in mental health and just your whole mind body connection is that feeling the sense of control or feeling out of control. Most people when they aren't making changes it's because they feel they don't have control over the situation so they just give in to the thing that they're doing which is the complacency or the thing that keeps them stuck or they don't know any different because they don't feel they have control over it and the one thing they do have control over is the thing that they're doing or not doing which is either overeating or restricting in some cases or you know you can take it right to any kind of addiction issue. I mean, eating disordered behavior is right along the lines of addiction. So um, you have people that have uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, um, gambling, sexual addictions, shopping addictions. They're all within that same We talked about that brain space last week, the hypothalamus in a way, you know, the the area of the brain that controls our emotional center has that that piece to it that just draws us to stay stuck because we don't have control. But where we find control is in those things. And, And they're the things that aren't necessarily good for us. You know, obviously. Yeah. So, um, what so was the
1: acronym you used last week? What? What was the acronym you used last week? We're halt. Halt. Yeah.
0: Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So when you're, and that's applied to all can be, those. I reasons, was going to say
1: can be applied right? to everything so we just talked hungry,
0: about. if you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, you're more likely to engage in the behavior that's not going to be your best choice. Mm-hmm. Typically, hungry meaning not you're you know just being regulated to do your three meals a day or whatever it is. It's hungry that you're just constantly, you know, you finish a meal and go right to the next meal. Like yeah. I'm thinking about the next one. You're eating breakfast while planning lunch, while planning the snack in between, while planning the dinner, while planning tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's the hungry, you know, but angry being on the continuum again to review the, that it's, you know, it could be frustration, agitation, um, hurt, resentment, uh, sadness, those those things yep. on the continuum. Anger has a big continuum, and it's a it's kind of a catch-all word. And then lonely. People have attachment connection issues with relationships or poor relationships, or they're overly attached, you yep. know, over, you know, over smothered with relationships, codependency, um, abandonment issues. Lots of people who have been adopted who've never resolved out issues with that whole process, or right. or or things along those lines, loneliness, or just the fact that people are just lonely in the world because they're socially disconnected or just disconnected as people, and then obviously tired, fatigue. Overworked, overstressed, over, over, over. Right. Um, and then boredom. And boredom. People always say, "I'm not any of those things. I'm bored." And I say, "Well, boredom falls in the lonely, yeah. tired. Right. Because you don't know what to do with yourself because you're not connecting with anything or anybody. And then you're tired because you're working so hard to feel connected. But then, what do you do? You go, you know, in the case we were talking about last week, you go to food. Yep. You know, Ben and Jerry's is is your boredom food, or you know, the box of or the bag of popcorn, or um,
1: you seek immediate gratification, exactly. whether it be food or whether it be alcohol, whether it be gambling, whether it be shopping, right. you know,
0: right, drugs yeah. or whatever, because because yep. it, people initially feel that it makes me feel good. All those things you just said makes me feel good. It absolutely, it right on the top makes me feel good. But that doesn't last long, no. and by not lasting long, even I'm talking 20, 30 minutes before you know. When we're talking food, you know, you eat you eat a carbohydrate that's not like bagels we talked about bagels or we talk about pasta or we talk about um you know anything fried or you know the yummy comfort foods those pass by you emotionally dysregulate you immediately and you either feel really tired there's the hungry angry lonely tired and then immediately you have to fill the need again because well it felt good you filled up the cup and now i feel great but it quickly depletes and you got to do it again so people just seek that out and seek that out whether it's you know, shopping. I mean, I have clients all the time that um, come in and say, oh, I bought this, and I wanted it, and now I don't want it anymore. So I, now I'm going to go get something else. Um, you know, and I have clients that will buy something, and then they'll get it home, and then they didn't really want it, so they'll return it. it was just, oh, no, it's, it's just the, the, the act of the buying pie. it. Right, you know, it's yeah. the filling up. It's the same thing as the eating. It gives a sense of control over all the different things that they're trying to control for, is which it, is the lack. Is
1: it fair to say these people, we talk about being in the moment. Yeah, and being able to control your ruminations. I'm a ruminator, or yeah. I was a ruminator. I'm, I've got it. Think I've got it under you say control. You're a
0: closet ruminator? Uh,
1: no, I'm a pretty active. Oh,
0: I thought you said closet. Okay. No, I, I didn't hear you. <laughs>
1: no, I'm a ruminator, but I think I'm a little past it now.
0: Okay. But
1: um, all those things take you out of whatever you're ruminating about. Right. And for the moment, whether it be sitting down and eating some, you know. Fried foods, or whether it be shopping, right? You know, going, getting in the car, going to the mall, finding something, buying something for that hour. Right. You're out. You're out of what's bothering you. What's right. haunting you? You're you're out of your mind. Right. And you're into the moment. Right. And so that's what all of this provides.
0: Right. So that's a, so a break
1: from that rumination, a break from that weight, whatever it is you carry. So
0: it's the so it's the exact same thing that we would use to treat the issue. Is the same thing that you're doing. Is. Like you just said, when you're going to the mall, when you're eating something, whatever, it's a distractor from what's going on in your head or right. the connection between what's going on in your head and what's going on in your heart. You know, intellectually, people, most people know that it's not good for them. But then to connect the two to emotion and, and intellect together and work together, you know, going to the mall and, and, and then coming back is it's just a distractor. Yeah. I don't feel good today, so I'm going to go do this. Or I don't feel good in this moment, so I'm going to do this. And when we try to help people stop doing that behavior that's not good for them it's you know you never have someone just quit cold turkey usually no, because no. what happens <laughs> not good things usually no. you know someone stops smoking all of a sudden and people always say i stopped smoking i gained 15 pounds right because you didn't replace it yep. with another distractor that was a healthier distractor right. so i mean simple you could read this in any self help book you don't have to go to a therapist for this is that if you want to stop a behavior that's not doing Good by you. You need to replace it with another distractor that's healthier, and it's going to be a, a lifestyle change. It's going to maintain right. the healthy space, but that's really hard because when you've habituated and you've gotten reinforcement to keep doing that other behavior that feels good but is bad for you, it's really hard to break that. So you have to kind of do little increments of of distractors. But the so ultimate
1: when... goal, the bigger job here, is to be able to attenuate your focus to to. Yeah. To be able to, and that's done in baby steps. Like when you're lonely, and I went through this, it was one of those things you'd be sitting there, I've got four hours to kill, what am I going to do with myself? Right. Right? And you're trying to find that. So you just basically, you don't look at the four hours, you say, well, what am I going to do for the next half hour? Right. And just take it in baby steps, and then you learn the skills. You develop right. the skills to set everything down for a while.
0: And, and so. And
1: that gets addictive, by uh, the way. Well, of course. Well, <laughs> the ability to set everything down for. replacing an yeah. old
0: habit with a new habit. Yeah that hopefully is not going to hurt you in some way, right? Mm. So, I mean, we're creatures of the habit, so therefore we're going to do that. When you're building on those, this is what I find in most people, not just the client population. I say most human beings have a hard time when they're trying to switch a behavior going into getting to their big goal because they're only thinking about the end goal. Right. This is like my athletes. When an athlete comes in and I say, what's your goal? They say, I want to win. Yeah. (laughs) I I cringe inside because I'm like, well... That's a great goal. We all want to win. We all want to be the top dog. We all want to be the best. But how do you get there? And 99% of the time people say, I don't know. Yeah. Even if you have all the tools in your head, you don't know how to access them. So going back to what you were just saying, those little teeny steps, and people get impatient with the little steps because if it's yeah. not automatic, it doesn't come right away. Well, people get frustrated. We're but an instant it is gratification society.
1: It's right. a, it's about getting away from instant, instant. gratification, yeah.
0: impulse, impulse, impulse. Let's go. Let's get it now. Like I wanted to be satisfied. I want to see success now. If it isn't, it's too much work.
1: It's it's more like I want to run the marathon. Okay. Well, how about you run three miles? Right, <laughs> you know.
0: Right, exactly. and, and you get
1: comfortable with that, and then we'll go up to five, and we'll, we'll see how that goes.
0: Right, and and notorious, uh, you know, notorious athletes in the athletes that are coming into even running a, a marathon. So I'm getting ready for the Boston Marathon this year, <laughs> and I do workshops on talking about how to run your best marathon and mentally and getting through because that's really, I mean, your body knows how to carry you through, but it's the mental piece. But a lot of times people won't train for it, and then they're like, I just gotta get this this time. I've gotta be, you know, 3.35, yeah. I gotta beat it, you know. But then you ask them, well, how are you gonna do that? How do you, you know, they're like, well, I've trained. And then they've never done the marathon before and they get out there and, you know, they end up at, you know, whatever they do. But their goal was just the time, as opposed to yeah. <laughs> three miles at a time or one mile at a time or what are you focusing on? Is your body, are you checking in with your body? Are you checking in with your mindset? What are you telling yourself? A couple years ago when I did the Boston Marathon personal example, it it was about it was the worst weather that we'd had in 42 years. Yeah. I mean, when I tell you, it was rough mentally. It was rough, yeah. right? So from the beginning of the race, when I started, I mean, it's sort of a psych out when they get when you get to the start line and they usually put you in corrals. There were no corrals. They said it because it was so bad the weather. They just said just go. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you're so you're in a different zone. You're going and you're running along and it's um and I, in my head I kept saying if I make it one more mile I won't quit. But the whole time I was doing mental gymnastics. Of, don't yeah. quit. Don't quit. It's freezing. It's freezing. I can't. I couldn't lift my head up because it was driving wind and rain yeah. and snow and sleet. And yep. though it was, you know, and it's just about that mental goal by goal. And I had to do that. And because of, I think, what I do for a living plus being and the caliber gymnast that I was and being tough mentally yep. that I was able to break it down. But most people don't do that. You have to teach that to them or give them a little bit of a, well, a, a, a pathway.
1: It's a perfect analogy. You, it, Most people are running the whole marathon. You weren't running the whole marathon. You were running it on a mile-by-mile mile, mile right. mile basis or right. a goal-by-goal goal basis. Right. And then that adds up.
0: And it does. Yeah. And that was the only way I know for me and for other people I know that I talk to about it, for most of us, that was the only way we were making it through. It was if I if I don't freeze, if I don't have hypothermia, if there's you know, if I'm not dying at yep. the next mile, I'll keep going. And then, you know, by the time I got to Heartbreak Hill, which is, you know, only five and a half, six miles left for the most part, um, I had someone on the hill that looked at me and said, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Stop thinking quit. And I said, I wasn't thinking quit. It's just mile by mile. Yep. So they I mean they know because they know how I practice that, but it is, it's a goal. You know, it's the distractor. Like it all ties together, distracting by one little bit at a time, so that you can fulfill the goal instead of it being like, "Oh my gosh, I'm in, I'm in Hopkinton, I'm ten feet off the start line, and I don't want to do this because I got twenty six miles." Yeah, you're thinking,
1: of course, twenty six miles is overwhelming, but the (laughs) rest of that mile is not overwhelming. Do the rest of that mile.
0: Exactly. Right. And if you just and so that's with anything. So if you're if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to quit. You know, smoking if you're trying to beat alcohol or or um, drugs or, um, gambling, sex, whatever it is or bad relationship. Yeah, you have to do it a little bit at a time. Sometimes ripping the bandaid off works because then you have to do it, you know, because you have to sometimes. But by and large, if you just set yourself up to do little bits at a time, so you feel like you were saying accomplished, you feel like you've you've made a little forward movement, you're not d- looking at 50 pound loss and saying, oh my gosh, it's 50 pounds. You're saying, this week I'm going to do two pounds. Right. Two pounds is, it, once you get that, it yep. gives you like adrenaline, it gives you a motivation. It starts down the track to go faster. Yeah, you get,
1: yeah, you, get, you gather momentum.
0: You got the success, yeah. accomplishment. Because underneath all that stuff, that people do this is for everybody everyone sits with that feeling of insecurity and inferiority of feeling less than when they haven't accomplished or when they have failed or when they are um, ashamed or embarrassed that I said I was gonna do this and it didn't happen and therefore it's easier to slip back into the devil that you know right because and then kinda of hide and say well it didn't work
1: yeah right but with weight loss, again, as a great beginner for these t- this types of work, if you fall short of your goal, you go to lose 40, and you lose 30, or you lose 25, you still lost 25. Right. You still get to feel good about that and that, right. that accomplishment. It still feeds on itself. Right. As I mentioned, I think last week, I'm big on golf tips. Yes. And there was a, there was a meme, and my, by golf tips, I mean just these little thoughts that can help you through these things. Right. And there was a meme in the middle of it all for me that said, you know, I don't want to be lonely for the rest of my life, but I'm okay tonight. Right. And so what that, first of all, that brings it down to a baby step. It brings it down to something you accomplish. I can be all right tonight. Right. And it changes your mindset about that so that the prospect of uh, being alone, being lonely, isn't so oppressing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, and making it so that, like that, that example right there is, is, is so important about acknowledging on a day-to-day, kind of like the mile-by-mile basis on a day-to-day basis, yeah. did anything did anyone die today? Did anything bad really happen? No one lost, you know, out on something big. You know, that thing that happened this morning wasn't the yep. end of the world, you know, is you, no one I, with my kids that I see. I'm always like, did anyone burst into flames today? Did, <laughs> did anyone yep. combust, you know, you know, because you have to give it that perspective of, wow, give it perspective that it's, it's okay. You're okay. And it's not the end of the world, yep. but people just, you know, threat generators. Most people have that catastrophizing, awfulizing, it's going to be terrible, my life is ending because it's not, I didn't reach that end goal. Well, today you did because you did some good things. But Um, to
1: use loneliness as an example, you sit there and when you're lonely, you're sentenced to try to figure it out. Right. So every day you're trying to figure out the rest of your life every day. How do I not be lonely? It's a huge, it's a huge burden. It's a huge thought process. You can't figure out the rest of your life. You're okay today. Right. You know, have a good meal, you know, go to a movie. Right. Everything's fine tonight. Right. And that's really all you can deal with. You right. can't figure out the rest of your life today.
0: Right. Well, and the best laid plans, right? Yep. I mean, you know, people, I I have this happen to me all the time. I'll put out a plan, but now I've come to know in, in, over time and experience and so on that lay laid down those plans. Yeah. And they're likely to change. Or, you know, something comes up, you know. I mean, I had a huge event this weekend. I had fully planned. Yeah. <laughs> And a very large thing happened to totally derail it. Oh yeah. And and I had less than 24 hours to put it back on the track. But at the end of the day, even before I got to the end of the day, in my head, when it, right when it happened, I was like, "There's <laughs> nothing I can do." Now, 10 years ago, I probably would have been in panic. You know, I was a little stressed about it because yep. who wouldn't be? But sure. I mean, the change in just being able to do that mindset shift, cognitively, and thinking at the end of the day, no one's gonna die. It's not the end of the world. People will understand. Things happen. Yep. Because you get into a place of reality. Right. What's really true about the situation? It's not the end of the world. But a lot of that, I mean, it ties into the feeling of control. It also ties into that worry. I think we've mentioned it before, um, and I might have talked about it last week, the um, worrying about what other people think. Oh, yeah. Letting go of... Who cares what people are going to think about this when it's really about? Am I okay with what's going on because right. this is what I have control over? So they all go together, and, and and when you can get that satisfaction that that works, it's great. But every client I see, and most of my friends, and personal relationships, and every, people worry about what other people think. Yeah, you know, and that's not to say you you should respect what people want and think about you and so on and so forth, but. Um, It's not about like curtailing or changing your whole behavior based on what other people are wanting from you, what they expect of you and so on and so forth. Oh, Lou, I just wanted to take a quick shout-out. So, Noe has just written in and just said hello to me. He's he's actually coming in from Cabo San Lucas. That's where he lives. Nice. So, he's in Mexico. So, he's listening to us from Mexico. Nice. Very cool. nice. I love it. So, so welcome, Noe. Thank you for listening.
1: I want to go back to plans for a second.
0: Yes, plans? Yeah. Yes.
1: When you're talking about it, people want to plan. Yes. And, um, you know, anxiety is the feeling that you have to have everything figured out right now. Mm-hmm. And one of the other little golf tips, one of the other mantras that I carry along all the time is, I don't have that figured out yet, yeah. and it's okay. Right. you know, you got to have both of those concepts. you got to accept you can't figure it all out because, right. as you know, things happen. Right. Uh, there was a, a guy who was speaking on this type of subject, um, and he does these seminars. He does whole weekend seminars and things like that, more of a mindfulness type of thing. And he was talking about someone asking about how he does – He came from a stand up comedian background. Okay. But he says, How do you come out on stage for two hours and just talk? And he was saying, He goes, Yeah, we all face that. And he goes, I used to plan. Yeah. I used to plan out the whole two hours. And this had come, this question had come just after he picked a woman out of the audience and talked to her for like 20 minutes. And it was great. That segment was great. And he goes, But when you plan, you close off opportunity. That's right. Often. He goes, I could have planned this whole two hours and just gone, You know, step one to step two to step three, and filled two hours. But I wouldn't have got to talk to her.
0: Right.
1: You know, basically, it's about walk as far as you can see, and then see what you can see from there.
0: Exactly. And it's
1: just it that's empowering because it is. It turns freeing. It's it's very
0: flexibility and it it provides flexibility and freeing, and you're not as structured and closed. It's the the word is right. It's not closed off.
1: Right. It turns that main source of anxiety, which is the unknown, the future what's going to happen after all these permutations of what could possibly happen right. that i sit there and figure out every scenario right till the end and it turns it into opportunity because like no i'm not sure what's going to happen but maybe you know you start understanding that that presents opportunities that's probably a little bit better than what your plan would have been a year ago or 6 months ago exactly because you know more and
0: well, you're and- more capable yeah, and, and so when people plan, when they overplan, let's let's yeah. you know, like, plan, some planning is good, but Plan's when we're not talking a bad. like the plan the overstructured, you know, everything has to be that's all that sense of needing to have control because right. everyone's planning for the what ifs, the disasters, you know, you know, plan for the worst case scenario because if it happens we're all set. But one, you can't ever plan for all all of that. But people have that illusion or delusion of control that if I if I have it all planned out in my head, and I cover all the things that could possibly go wrong, all the things that could possibly go right. I'm good. Yep. And like you just said, at the end of the day, that's not that. It actually paralyzes most people because it's you know analysis paralysis. Growing up, my my dad always used to say, yeah. "Analyze, paralyze." Yep. And and that's exactly. It,
1: and it also puts the blinders on for yes. you because you become attached to the plan, right? And you're and you missing can't opportunity. Move from
0: it. And so if something happens, yeah. you can't adjust to it. Yep. And that's and that's in the, every kind of thing that could happen to you on a daily basis, you know. I you know, and people get so derailed by that. Yep. They Get so upset. Something happens, you know, at ten o'clock in the morning to someone, and their whole plan of their whole day can be shot, and sometimes gone into like two or three days because people get so
1: yeah
0: upset or so discouraged, and and um and then they can't re, uh, regroup and rally about it right. at all. Nothing. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's about this illusion. It's about the misconceptions around control. Yes. Because people think they can control the things they can't control, and they don't think they can control the things they can control. That's right. Everybody's got it all mixed up. Right. So y- that's you set yourself up for constant disappointment when you think you can control the things you can't control.
0: Right right exactly. so
1: you plan for it and everything's gonna go this way and then one thing happens like oh god
0: you know right and people get disappointed and yeah and so I've had people over over the years I've had colleagues that will tell their clients to lower their expectations I don't ever tell people to lower their no, expectations because that's not I, it yeah. I don't think that that's really the right the most accurate way of describing things I think it's about adjusting your expectation by being realistic with you know a range of things and it doesn't have to be really complicated but you know if you have a, an expectation and it's up here it's not about lowering the bar it's about adjusting it to something that's a little bit more reasonable at that time still keeping maybe that expectation up there but having some in between so that in case those happen it's okay it's not yeah oh i didn't hit that bar you know i mean i have a a picture analogy that I use with clients and what I teach about is people often, when they want to get to that top stair, which is the end goal, t- top stairs 10, bottom stair obviously 1, people who won't do the work because they don't know how to do the work, not because they can't, and, and it's not because they you know, they lack the, the ability, it's just they don't know how, they'll try to jump from step 1 to yeah. step 10, what happens, you know, it's like you can imagine visually bumping into the second, third stair, falling down the stairs and having to start over, mm-hmm. so it, this is about really saying... We're just going to do one stair at a time, which is overwhelming to people. But once people start seeing that it actually gets them further, it's like, oh, that's how you get to top, top 10 stair.
1: Because when you break it down to steps like that, you know, the whole baby steps process, when you break it down to baby steps, you generally break it down to stuff you can control. Right. It's like I can, you know, you take on a small task. I can do this. I can accomplish that. And that just starts the ball rolling and and the momentum starts to go that way. I used to question all the time. The big thing for me remember asking my therapist on several occasions because I don't know the difference between what I should make happen and what I should let happen right And the fact of the matter is you can't make a lot of things happen right you can do things that you can control but you can't make things happen
0: right and so two things about that um, the should yeah so if, if we were talking about it and right I'd say take the should out first yep. of all because there are should who says should right right so that's the committee in your head. Telling you that, <laughs> yeah. right? That's the committee saying. I like that, the committee in it. There's a committee. Yeah. We don't know who they are. They don't have faces. They don't have names. But there's a committee telling you you should or shouldn't do something. Yep. So taking that off the table and then being able to say, all right, I can move forward. And what do I actually have control over? And I ask people that all the time. What do you have really control over? Yeah. You have control over what you wear, what you eat, what you think, how you respond, how you react, how you drive. Mm, Yeah, I'm running out of stuff, but you don't have control over anything really outside of you. No, it's all you have control over your choices, but people and things on the outside, externally, can influence that. I'll give
1: you, I'll give you a big one you can control. You what? I'll give you a big one you can control. Okay, the key one you can control your focus.
0: Yes, yes. And again,
1: that's something that most people don't understand. They can. Right. I remember at a certain point in my life, I sat there. I wanted three things. Mm-hmm. I said, I want a new place to live, wanted want a new car, and I wanted a dog. Okay. And so what happened is you just set that little intention. And what happens is at that point, this is years ago, so you're picking up the paper and you're looking at the want ads you know, for apartments to live and you're looking right. for cars. And that just sets you down the path. It doesn't really accomplish anything except that I saw an ad. Right. And it's like, oh, that place looks interesting. I started making phone calls about it. Ended up there. It was great. Yeah. It's like I couldn't control what was out there. But right. I could control my approach towards it, which was, you know, what I'm going to look in the paper. Exactly. Because I've decided I want to. I want a new place to live.
0: Well, and I, I think you and I have talked about this somewhere in the last five weeks. Is that people wait for stuff to happen to them? Yeah. Or they wait it wait for it to be created. Like it will somehow it's going to pop up by osmosis. You know, you can sit there and think of those three things you really wanted, and there they are. And day after day, what are you doing about it? Well, yeah. People will wait for the external feedback to come in of.
1: No, I mean, apartment you know, or the dog or yeah. whatever's
0: going to show up on your lap by oh, I don't know how. You've and got when to you take action. How are you yeah. getting there? They, yeah. they, you know, they don't say, did you look in the paper? Did you? you know, that, I mean, that's where I, a lot of times I end up coming into the the picture to say, here's four or five ideas to get you going. And most people, even though it might seem really basic, they're so stuck that they'll say, I didn't think of that. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's not because the person's not capable or smart. It's just they're stuck.
1: Because they're, they're thinking and ruminating and planning and scheming about where they're going to be five years from now. Right. As so, opposed to today. Right. Look at the want ads. Right. Phoenix exactly. job, you job. Know? Right.
0: Which then when you say, you know, some people get into that whole, it's so overwhelming because they look, you know, you look at the want ads or you go into, you know, online to Indeed or yeah. you look at LinkedIn or, you know, there's well, so much out there. That's fine. That Put
1: could... it down and come back. Right. Yeah. So yeah. But
0: people are so focused on now. Now, yeah. now, now. Get it done now. Yep. Yeah. But it's a process. And as cliche and as cheesy as that sound, it is a journey, I mean, and you're gonna shift, and you're gonna move, and you're gonna you might find something. I always say to people that you're gonna find something if you're you know look on LinkedIn. All of a sudden, you might be in one focus, and then something pops up, and you're like, oh, yep. and that might be the opportunity that you didn't even plan on because now you were flexible enough to see that opening because you went there. Yep. But people shut themselves off, structure narrow, and then they don't go there. Because well,
1: back to physical health, how many times do you see the threshold effect where? It's like they think, well, the gym's overwhelming, everyone's going to be looking at me, I'm not in good shape, everyone's going to be judging me. It's getting in that door for the first time right. and spending an hour there, whether it be the treadmill or whatever it is, right. or going with a trainer, go with someone there, and just spend some time in there. That first threshold is often really important. right? And once you get over that threshold, everything becomes easier. Well, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be right. cause because nothing is... Because as it's bad not as, as big you think as it's it is be. in the head of right. the
0: person thinking of it, I have this all the time with clients. I mean, this is one of the one of the biggest things with people who are doing weight loss or trying to make a change lifestyle. Even if it's not weight loss, it's just for physical health issues. Yep, is you know they'll they'll either say that they're too heavy, um, and that they don't want to be embarrassed by going into the gym, um, and so they won't even and they'll go so they'll go really early in the morning so that they think that no one can see them, or really late at night where they think no one can see them, and I always say everybody's thinking the same thing and no one's looking at you because everyone's worried about the exact same thing that right. you are and, yeah. and people don't believe that but it's really true because if you go into the gym and if you've, you've spent time in the gym no one's looking at anybody nope. else really they're, everyone's focused on whether they're being looked at <laughs> because <laughs> you know I mean certainly there's certain people that will be looking but by and large that's not it but just getting people to break down that little teeny goal of I have one client that I just get him to go to the door We've worked up to getting to the door yeah. because he was in really good shape a couple of years ago, and then he got sick, and then something else happened, and so on and so forth. So now he's embarrassed.
1: Oh, so he had a lot of self-image right. around his physical build and his health. And it, and it yeah. changed. Yep. And
0: so he's embarrassed, and he thinks that the people that knew him as this really you know, jacked, healthy-looking person who's now gained a lot of weight, um, he doesn't want them to see him like that. And so I always say, but what if they see you outside of the grocery store how's it different than seeing it at the gym and as soon as i said that we got inside the gym Yep. like it was because he was stuck with the image of him in the gym and i said but if they see it at the grocery store they're going to see the same thing Yep. And they're going to they're going to think the same thing that you think if that's really what they're thinking wow that was a lot of thinking yep. <laughs> right and yeah and and he just didn't think beyond that scope because his image of who he is as a person is this everyone revered him in his mind that he was a you know guru of athleticism right. and in physique and i'm like and by the way if you tell people that you were sick and not that you have to but if you tell someone hey you know i was really sick and i got out of the gym people are gonna be like i get it no one's gonna say well, oh wow you're fat you're terrible you just are a mess i
1: was just gonna say people who might have known him before will look at him and go dude what happened right. I, I got sick and i fell off and they're gonna say all right come on
0: Right. They're not gonna.
1: They're not gonna just say it's okay. They're gonna say, "All right, come on, let's right. go."
0: Yeah. They're not going in the back right. room going, "Oh my gosh." Right. He's awful, yeah. and then not support him and, and the, walk away. They're gonna say, "Wow, well, let's truth do it." The, I'm so glad you're back.
1: The truth of the gym thing, and it's about this. It goes back to thoughts and not facts. Right. People are thinking that everyone's judging them at the gym. Right. I see somebody at the gym that's heavy or old, or and I look at them and I go, "You go." Yes. You know. Yeah. I think that, Good for I, you. I'd
0: rather them be there than not. Yep. You know. Yeah. and that's and that's with everything because that's the judgment you know people you know, you know in the running world or in athleticism, people will judge all the time and and, and they do because yeah. if you're not fast enough or whatever that means or if you're not you know um, thin enough or if you're not built enough or if you it's it's that same judgment of but you're out there 99% of the other people aren't doing that so what does it matter yeah you know are you okay and it goes back to the internalization of are you okay with you you're out there you're doing it if I'm looking at someone and like you and they're in the gym and they're on the treadmill they're doing something that's awesome yeah that's awesome yeah but at least they it's better than sitting at the, on the couch at home eating, love it and I take inspiration you know, mostly You what
1: I take inspiration yeah if that that's 300 pound guy can do a half an hour in the elliptical why can't I do it exactly you know or I, I feel bad I should be doing it you know good for him he's right he's killing it over there
0: exactly yeah and 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 that's in and and I think that people, when you talk to people that are, you know, and I do talk to people at the gym all the time about, you know, their, their, you know, their decision to work out if they're next to me or why they're doing it. And, you know, most people know me, what I do for a living that are near me in the gym. And, and, you know, it's a range. It's like really great in shape people, but also people that are overweight, but they're in shape because they go yeah. to the gym, they make a lifestyle change. They may not be skinny as a real, but that's not the point, right? But we talk, I always talk about, you know, what's your motivation for coming? What do you do? And it's just, they just want to feel better. Yeah. Or to well, have the sense of accomplishment at the end of the day, I went and did something instead of sitting on the couch. Or sitting, you know, doing a yep. pattern of my life, which is get up, eat, go to work, eat, come back, eat, lay yep. down, get up. And, and yeah. like, I'm doing something else.
1: The goal isn't always skinny or buff. Right. The, like, for me, it was, I was I'm good. burning calories. right. Secondly, for me, I'm, I'm kind of at the age now where I'm thinking, you know, I'd like to be able to walk 15, right. 17 years from now. I'd like to be, you know, like be ambulatory. Right. And be relatively healthy. And, and people don't and have some that. strength. Yeah.
0: You know that, right? I mean, yeah. people don't equate weight. I mean, many people don't equate weight and 60 years old, weight on knees and hips. Yeah. And hips and knees. They don't think of that. It's all of a sudden, I'm aged, blah, blah, blah. My hips and my knees are going.
1: But what happens when you get to my age, you see people your age
0: right. who are
1: doing walkers and can't move around right. and they're on carts in the grocery store. And you go, right. that's my age. I, I don't want to be that. Right. And I don't want to be that 10 years from now. So. And
0: that's a mindset. Yeah. I mean, I mean so there certainly we take into account and have compassion for people that have medical illnesses. But many people sure. have medical illnesses that are in the same exact boat who aren't doing the lifestyle that would keep them in a walker or a chair or right. whatever. They do because they don't want to feel like that. But that I mean, going back to just the weight piece, weight on joints from hips down, I mean that's kind of a no brainer. If you can take if you're you know, if you're a three hundred pound person and you're and your body frame is really supposed to be one fifty right it's that's a lot of pressure per square inch on your body to put down and as you age you become more tired, more yeah. complacent. That's you know, that's knee replacement, hip replacement, but it's still weight. And you're going to put the weight back on the. It's yeah. if nothing changes. Nothing's going to change.
1: No, you you you're raised with a certain perspective, and it's hard to change. It's what we talked about with weight, where you can do the one thing at 20, you can live one way at 20, but when you're 35, that's right. going to put weight on you. Right. And if you're the person at 20 was always skinny, had the metabolism going, was an athlete, could have a few beers, and everything was fine. Right. You you don't have that discipline. You don't. You don't have those tools to work with when you're 35 and all of a sudden you've got 20 if pounds you have, on right. you. Right, especially if you haven't yep. been doing them or if you've just right. been
0: so used to it. And, and you know, it, I mean, because of our different systems of our hormonal systems and who we are as gender and so on and so forth, as soon as the 20s start and start shifting over into your 30s… Yep. It changes, and people, you know, they're like, oh, I don't have to work out. I don't have to do that. And all of a sudden, oh, I've 30, always been skinny. Yeah. I've always
1: been able to eat whatever I want. Right. Yeah, well. And
0: and for some people, not a lot, but for some people, that works. But for most people that I come in contact with, and it doesn't have to be even in my clinical practice, it's that same affliction of, oh, I hit my 30s. Ugh, I hit my 40s. Oh. Yeah. Know? And, and to then implement something new and different, and they're like, oh, but I never had to do that before. Or I have women that come into my office and say, I had a baby or two babies, and I never had to exercise before, and now I can't get this 40 pounds off. And I say, well, we have to make some changes in the way that you think about things, obviously. Yep. F- um, choices in what you're eating, and then activity. And people, oh, I don't want to do that. I never had to do that before. So mm. it's like, well, this is this is the pattern that's going to go if you don't do something but about it. But
1: when you say activity, they think A 40-minute wait program and that's not what we're talking about what we're talking about is go walk for 15 minutes right and then extend it when the weather gets better extend it to a half an hour an hour hour. yeah
0: well and I think I think one of the best things now I don't have a plug for a particular brand or anything but I think one of the best things in, in terms of like the technology that's come out with like Fitbit Apple iWatch all those things is now it reminds you every 15 minutes or every time it can say stand up yep. drink water move like and I think I mean I know lots of people that are using that and have changed their lifestyle even in that little bit to move that and back to and awareness that's yep. and that's just doing yep. my job in a watch essentially is saying become more aware of how much you sit I mean I love the fact that it will track amount of sleep it will track the amount of time you are spent sitting and resting yeah um, Unfortunately, some of the, the I, I always say they have to tweak some of these watches, though, because you can flap your arms up and down and it will register that you're moving. That is <laughs> not correct because <laughs> people cheat the system with yeah. that. But I mean, I think that's a really good thing that if you can if you can get yourself even on a, an iPhone or something that has yeah. a reminder that serves as your is your like little psychologist on the side to say, hey, be aware, yeah. be mindful that you haven't moved in an hour. Be mindful that you haven't had any water today. Um you know, when yeah. I, I started tracking that a couple of years ago, just I always thought I had enough water. Uh, you know, it's you take your body weight. Yeah. Quick, quick tip: take your body weight, mm-hmm. split it in half, and that's how many ounces of water technically you should be drinking, yeah, give Lord. or take any physical yeah. illnesses, right? General rule kind of, right? Well, when you do that, you realize, wow, you haven't been drinking as much water as you should be. You know, and plus you're visiting the toilet many more times yes. a day. But you're you're realizing that wow, that's one little lifestyle change that makes you not eat as much makes you less tired in the halt system right yep um, it also hydrates you so that hydrates your whole emotional system in your brain which actually makes you not as hungry so it's it's a ama- just that that's one the toughest thing for me water and all the health things is just yeah. moves everything emotional and body together and it's amazing people are like I don't want to drink that much water <laughs> well I know. ah that's an easy it's you know, so people easy want easy quick fixes I'm yeah. like just drink lots of water You know, do the do the math on this and do it. And then, you know, but people are resistant to that because it doesn't come in the shape of a, you know, a quick fix, instant gratification. How do I have to do that? Yeah, because you do, you know, Um, but it's it's always interesting to me that, you know, you have little fixes like that. But, but, you know, if you're not motivated because you don't see immediate results,
1: water and sleep, right?
0: Yep water and sleep
1: I know but the water thing is so tough that's been the toughest thing for me it, it seems impossible to drink that much water the amount of water you're supposed to be drinking
0: but if you' so I don't know about you but do you drink other things during the day besides water yeah tea okay so and that's a lot of water and right, right. Yeah. so if you're the only downside is if you're drinking caffeinated tea you're dehydrating while yeah. you're hydrating
1: no no caffeinated tea so it's not yeah. caffeinated right
0: okay so then so you're, you can count that as long as it's not caffeinated in ter- because you're you know it's a balance out of the counter action counter um production counterintuitive production of the yeah. caffeine with the water so you're splitting it out um, but you know i and
1: there might have been other stuff going on but th- last summer it was my birthday it was late july last year i'm in texas yeah with a cousin and they're in a two-week stretch of 100 plus days they did 15 to 15 days straight of 100 plus and I'm down there and I'm drinking water to beat the band just because right. it's a hundred plus in right. Texas and it's dry and it's you know all that stuff and, and I was sitting down there and we were going out to eat all the time all barbecue I lost weight yeah and it's like I, I don't know how big a role the water played but I had water in my hand the whole time that trip down there
0: yeah. well you had water in your hand Plus, you were probably a little bit more active than you are here because you were on vacation, moving around, and it was hot. Yeah, yeah. So so you put those all together, and it was probably a combination. But, you know, when
1: you go on a trip, and you sit there, and you eat, and you go into restaurants all the time, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to pay for this trip. Right. And it's like, no, I came back, you know, losing weight, losing about seven or eight pounds, actually.
0: When I go on vacation, I'm, as much as this probably will annoy people, I always lose weight. Really? Because I'm more active. It's more active. Because yeah. my job for basically all day long, besides when I'm running or training for my stuff, you know, which I do every day, I'm sitting for 10, 11, 12 hours a day, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, great job, but when I go away, I'm up and moving all the time. So even if I'm eating or having a, it, I'm still, I'm still moving. So I tend to just drop a little bit more weight, so I can, yep. I can do that. And most people. Don't do, they don't do that? They go on vacation, you know, cruises.
1: Yeah. <laughs> go on a cruise oh. and
0: you come back ten pounds heavier. Yeah. You know because you're not active. But I don't do that. I I go and do all the same activity plus more and then eat the same and it's I still yeah. lose weight. And you oh, get cruises, people cruises have that.
1: Cruises are ripe for that because there isn't really nothing else to do but eat. Right. And sit in the lounge chair.
0: Right. right? Sitting right? on. Yeah. And, I mean they have some more activities. They, they have but activities it's based yeah. around food and yep. all you can eat and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, which isn't. It's not conducive to people who have the lifestyle that wanna do that and do that anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just moving from the couch to the cruise ship and doing more of the same. And there's lots of people that do that and they get to go to places and that's that's fine. Um, but I, I think, I mean, the cruises I've been on have been wonderful for a lot of people that they do have um, activity people that come around now at least on some of the cruises I've been on, that say, hey, there's this thing going on and we're going to bring it to you to the pool deck that's activity-based. And you get more people involved or come to the gym. And I was on a ship a couple years ago or two years ago that, I mean, I think the gym was as long as the ship. Really? I mean, on one of the decks. It was amazing. It was probably the biggest, best gym I've seen outside of just being on land that I've ever seen in my (laughs) life. So it was quite something. And it was full. It was always full because they had classes and all kinds of stuff going on. And it was great. Um, You know, 4,500 people on a ship and it was always full. Wow. Which was a huge shift you know and i mean i think i even see that now when um i go into my gym i see more people you know after january you see tons of people january it's like packed every you can't get a machine forget it and then usually by february you can get a machine anytime pretty consistently over the past five or six years i've seen more and more and more people being in the gym beyond february beyond march you know you know, I'm sure there's the drop off and I'm sure they do all the math on that for the gyms. But yep. just people wanting to have a better lifestyle or having the adoption of, you know, like what I say is just go in for 10 minutes. Yep. Because once you're there for 10 minutes, you know what happens. Yeah. 10 minutes turns into 20. Right. or 20 turns into 30 because you're there. Right. Well, I might as well because I'm here. Yeah. And then the person gets off the machine and is like, oh, that felt great. I didn't want to come. Now the next day becomes a little easier. Yeah. Because you're just making that little teeny shift in the movement. And that's with to, any kind of goal.
1: I have to go through this every year because I have I have a few weights at home. But I walk a lot. And in the good weather, I'm walking on the beach. Yeah. I live near the beach. Or I'm walking in town all the time. But when the weather gets bad and you can't do that, I've got to do that first trip to the gym every year. Where yeah. you just got to break the seal. Yeah. And just get in the gym. And oftentimes, that's what it comes down to. It's like, I'm going to do 200 calories on a treadmill. Right. And, and of course, you get there... And I'm an athlete. You must have run into this before. You get to 200 calories. You go No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to 250. Yeah. I'm gonna go to 300, and you end up doing the 4 or 500 that you wanted to do. Right. But that's not. If you said I'm gonna go in and do 500, you're not gonna get. You're not gonna go.
0: No, because it becomes overwhelming. Yeah. And you see it when you don't pay attention and you see it add up, then it's easier because you're, you're coming from the positive side instead of the deficit side. Yep. You know, at, at, you know well, and so I have a little, uh, my little obsessive compulsive thing is I always have to have an even number. So <laughs> if it's at like 452 yeah. for calories, I'm like, I have to be at 500. Yep. So I'll, I'll oh, go no, the extra time t- no matter guess, how long uh, it takes just to get me there. And it won't be to 460 because it has to be, like an increment that makes sense to me. We all do that. Yep. Athletes do that. People, you know, yep. it's you know not two point one four miles. It has to be.
1: Well, yeah, I'm I'm trapped in I'm trapped in that where I'll sit there and I go I'm gonna do two hundred and fifty calories and I get to two hundred and fifty calories and I'm at one point nine miles. go, right. okay, Well, I got to do two miles. Right. And I get you two seventy five or three hundred and you go. Well, I got to go to three right. fifty and then you got to round off both numbers. Exactly.
0: It's, just, it's like exactly. A, when you're at the gas tank. Exactly. At, at, you know, at and the gas pump. do yeah. that. Yeah. So that's a benefit. I think yeah. if people realize that if you if you haven't been out there to make a lifestyle change, once you start doing that, that's actually what happens for most people because most people won't be on a machine and say, "Oh, I hit 1.9 miles, I'm done because it's 25 minutes." They'll say, "I want to complete the 2." Right. So they'll go that extra bump, which gives you that that yeah. push and it's great. And then you're at 27
1: minutes and go, "Well, I can do 30. I can do 3 right. more minutes." Right, and just you just keep pushing yourself. But see, this is I think this is one of the important takeaway from this. First of all, is baby steps. Yes, and I think getting out of that mindset of having to solve everything right then and there, solve that forty pounds, solve being lonely, solve your job situation today. Right, it's like okay, well I didn't, but I did this. I did what I could control today.
0: And so, and to that point, I think that um, people. You know just don't have the patience to realize that the pattern that they're in took them that long as well they yeah. did that as a ba- they baby stepped in no one just became in a bad pattern like that right that baby stepped in and then it landed you know there's you know there's no overnight success and there's no overnight defeat it's pattern of time and practice of whatever the thing is so if you have success. It's that pattern of building those baby steps over time. But people don't look at success like that. They think, oh, overnight success. Look at yeah. the sensation. But that's not how Well, they it only ends.
1: get the story. They only get the Facebook post, I lost 40 pounds. Right. It's like, well, okay, that might have been six months. Right. Might have been a year. Right. Which, by the way, is fine. Right. That's damn good.
0: Right. 40 pounds in a year. Right. But they don't mm-hmm. know what the process was in between. And it's like, oh, they look at it as the end product. But it's really... It's, you know, it's not that, or, you know, you, uh, you know, this is one of the misnomers out in, you know, the sort of the Hollywood, you know, people have babies. And then the whole American culture of all women will look at this, the starlet who has had the baby and three weeks later, she's thin and back in shape. And, 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 you know, and I, I remind my clients that have the, the, the eyes on that is um, they have no other job. Because they work once or twice a year on a movie or on a set, and they have four different trainers. They have people. They have handlers. They get to have right. someone take care of their child where they go to the gym and work out for three hours, and then they have someone. Right. Cooking what for new them. mother
1: can do that? And, and so what percentage we, of new mothers can do that?
0: Right. And so that's not real. Yeah. And so I always say that's that's wonderful for them because good for them. Yep. But reality is is that the rest of the culture who isn't uh, the 1% of the 1% who become famous movie stars that's not what reality is the reality is is that we have life and we have all these moving parts and you have to do the best that you can to make sure that you have balance and balance isn't it balance is always a, again a journey you might be able to get to the gym or you might be able to do it but, yeah. but, man, if you look at it, there's the paralysis. You look at this person who they compare to and say, yeah. oh, my gosh, they look so great after four four weeks or six weeks of being pregnant, and they're all back in shape and they look beautiful and their hair's, br- yeah, because that's not real. Right. You know, it's, it's smoke and mirrors. It's real for them but not for everybody else. But that's the comparison point, and I think that that sets up the mental health – Decline a lot for people that I see across the board is, I see an image. That image is what I idealize, but it's it's not real.
1: Well, the, the mental health decline, these problems with self-image, yeah. are largely self-created. Yes, we're constantly disappointing ourselves because the standards are too high or they're too quick expectation, or expectation. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, adjust adjust expectations. So I in my one of the psych psych classes I teach, I often um well i always play um dove ran a campaign a, a women's campaign to oh, kind of gear yeah. towards um the reality of the what the body they, image the body image yeah. it's amazing if yeah. anyone gets a chance to go out and just do a google search on the dove the dove challenge of like how and it's like a maybe a minute long clip of they take a woman who's beautiful who you know natural no makeup no hair and then they, it's all quick time you know they do the whole thing and then they finisher, all makeup, hair, and then they put the picture of the photo and then they start moving eyebrows, nose, and they and then it, she ends up on a billboard at the end and it basically the message is, is things are not always as they seem, right, you know. And that's the thing is 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 people are like, "Oh, I, I see this picture of so and so or I see this person on TV. They don't have cellulite, they don't have fat. They're not and then I say if you saw them in person." Yeah. That's not what they would look like. Right. I mean, I I I run into enough people in that side of the world in terms of like famous or, yep. or, or infamous or people that are, you know, and recognized enough to say, yeah, no, there's flaws. Every, you know, everyone has acne. Everyone has pockmarks. Everyone has a little cellulite or, or stretch marks or no one comes out unscathed. Yep. And so and so I say, but they're still beautiful but just see it for what it is.
1: Hopefully social media is kind of easing that because people take their own pictures for Instagram and they have all the filters and they have all the ways they can clean themselves up so they know what they're doing. Even at the top levels, this is what's going on.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean I had at my event this weekend people took pictures and posted up with selfies and stuff with me and I giggled at a couple of them cuz they, you know, they have that perfect yeah. filter. I'm like, "Wow, I look good on that." <laughs> <laughs> wow, my skin's so smooth. Yeah. If that was only the, you know, but it's is can you sit with the reality of of who you are and be okay with that? You know, yeah. so many people love those filters because it makes them look real and that it's real in their mind in a different way and think that that's what people are buying into and I was like you know that's not real right yeah (laughs)
1: it's all about it's about changing your mindset and it's about you know this all sounds really granola and it sounds you know it sounds like hallmark sentiment but it's about being happy with where you are or happier with where you are you don't have to be satisfied right but you don't have to realize that where you are is you don't have to think that where you are is a disaster or, because yeah. that's what your mind is telling you all the time, right?
0: Or that you're not enough. Yeah, that's the message I always use: is that you're good enough. You're where you are at right now is good enough. Yep. That doesn't mean that you're not going to get better, but you're always good enough. Everyone's born into the world good enough, right. and then you—it's what you make of it. it. And it's not well if you're not if you're not a superstar, if you're not the uh, you know top of the line athlete, as yeah. as one would say, you're not a Kobe Bryant or you're not yep. you know Shaquille O'Neal. It doesn't matter cuz you're good enough where you're at cuz there's only 1% of the 1% of the 1% of those that can be that and everybody else has to find their success in those things. Yep. It doesn't, you know, it's who are you here and are you okay in accepting, "Hey, I'm, I'm good. This is good." And that's not to be conceited or arrogant or narcissistic from a damaged ego. It's more like I'm okay.
1: No, it's about the self image of not being in a relationship, for example. And it's right. like, I don't want to be alone the rest of my life, but I'm okay. I can be alone tonight. Right. And being okay with that, that's right. okay. Right. You know, because we're just talking about tonight. Just deal with tonight.
0: Right. And, and, and putting aside, I'm okay being alone tonight, and nobody is judging me. That's that's a that well, secondary piece. It doesn't of, matter. <laughs> it, well, yeah. But it. it but Ideally, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter, but it's about yeah. being able to say, nobody's judging me because it doesn't matter that I'm alone, right? It doesn't matter that anyone yeah. you know, because there's lots of people alone. But people have that. It's with everything. You relationships, food. Yeah. It's it's all of those things. It's self consciousness lacking the self-esteem it tears away at the self-esteem and then it provides the i'm worried about what people are going to think yeah. which perpetuates the vicious cycle of just doing the same thing that isn't healthy
1: or anything you've got a bunch of stuff my girlfriend and i were talking about 10:30, 11 last night about next weekend next weekend's a little challenging from a schedule standpoint uh-huh. we're going through it and she's going on about it i'm going okay it's 11 o'clock there's nothing we can do about it tonight it's next weekend set it down for a while yeah you know and let's watch this because there's nothing you can do about it right now right well it's
0: interesting because right before i came in today to the studio i was talking about i have a very busy weekend not this coming weekend necessarily but the following weekend i'll be traveling for some business and and we were talking about like the plan and i just giggled in my head I'm like yeah i'm gonna write down all the things that are (laughs) planned and then you know because i i know like i know the things i want to do i know the things that have to be done and then all the stuff that's in between and i'm like at some point I know that there's gonna be a period of time where it's really warm weather where I'm going and I'm thinking, Yeah, I'm just gonna not do anything yep. <laughs> So I'm building in the plan that there's about ten things that are gonna fall off that list just because eh, yep you know, and, and in years gone by I would have been like, I had to hit all those things because it would have made me yeah, feel Yeah, you have fed. your checklist and you want to checklist.
1: check things off. And it's like, okay, maybe in, in your instance where you're traveling, maybe you got to take care of a flight as soon as possible. Right. But what you're going to do every day and every hour down there right. doesn't have to be decided right now. Exactly. And by the way, going back to the whole plan thing, right. why close off opportunity? You may decide to go out one night and meet somebody at a bar that in your business that right. creates an opportunity.
0: And and so to that point that's one of so like for anybody you miss opportunities when you stick to plans. I've I've actually to case in point I've met some of the best network contacts of people just or people that I've been able to help on the fly traveling or doing something yep. or even in a day to day just because I landed somewhere where I wasn't planning. Yep. I mean yeah. You know because it wasn't in the structure. You know, there's something said to be, you know, something to be said for some structure. Sure. But. Uh, Yeah, we're not
1: saying don't plan. We're just saying the plan isn't uh, the end all be all.
0: Right. Right.
1: Understand that things are going to change. You're going to have to deal with things.
0: Right. So, so, so my takeaway for today, as we start getting ready to wrap up the show today, um, would be to adjust, Mm -hmm. be adjusting, not have high, high expectations that can't be reached, set a high goal. But adjust the little goals or the baby steps yeah. along the way to get to that big goal, which is, is it's hard, but it was hard getting to where you are at now anyway. So you might as well yeah look at it that way. You know, it's funny. You most
1: athletes, most teams, you've been in that situation. I go, I say this all the time. Every once in a while, I look around, somebody say, I need a win right now. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a big win. Right. I just need a win. Right. Because they they start to build. So the small goals, we set a goal that's accomplishable. Right. If that's a word that you can accomplish, then um, you do it, you accomplish it and go, all right, I'm on to the next thing, let's go. That was great, let's do the next thing.
0: And, and to that point, so um, so I, I have an athlete currently that's getting ready to do a kind of a big thing and and he and I have been talking about, don't focus on the thing that's gonna end it, that's mm-hmm. gonna make it the, the big end. Focus on each time you go in to do the the, the next piece of it, what do you, what is the focus of that piece right and so he's been doing that and that's been getting him actually a little further and he, he'll he'll either text or call and say oh my god I did he's it. excited it isn't he yeah because he's yeah. he's like oh it worked because he's not focused on i said that will come that's going to happen right. i know it's going to happen he's like how do you know how do you know i'm like because if you do this yeah it will come because you're ready for that that's just that's just the because
1: the end goal is the end result of a lot of these small processes right, right. processes
0: right but that's not how people think but but no. in the process of that, so hopefully people take away today that...
1: Because they look at their neighbor and say they're further along in the process. Right, right. And it's like, oh, that's, well, that's okay. You well, that's, so that's you the takeaway
0: is that people say they're further along in the process, but they don't actually say they're further along in the process. They just say they're better than me. They're right. they're they're faster than me. They win more. They don't say they're further along in the process, but that's where I would come in and say there's a process. Right. That you have to look at it that they are in the process and they might be further along because they're doing the process. You're not doing the process. Right. And people that don't have the success they want, they're successful, they're good enough, but they don't have the success they want because they're not doing a process. They're waiting for something to happen right. or they're making little bits happen and then when it doesn't, they stop. Yep. They, that's it.
1: Instant gratification. Right. If it doesn't happen right away,
0: right, I can't do it. Right. Yeah. When you, when you, right before we go here, I was mm-hmm. laughing because frame of reference for Baby Steps, what about Bob, the movie, did you ever see What About Bob with Richard Dreyfus and, yeah, and, and Bill, Bill Murray, Bill Murray, yeah, yes, so, uh, psychiatrist here in the uh, Boston area, Richard Dreyfus, and he wrote the book Baby Steps, so, oh. when you kept referencing it, I'm, I'm giggling, because it's, it's really, yeah, although it's a very funny movie and whatever, um, Bill Murray was told to take baby steps, and he become he he ended up driving his psychiatrist completely insane. Yes, but but and nonetheless, by baby go, steps, but he was great at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, so great show today. Thank you so much, Lou. Yep. Um, I, Contact I information
1: is at the bottom of the screen.
0: Yes. So, um, Game Face uh, Sport Consulting, and this is your daily Game Face. And certainly, I look forward to seeing all of you next week. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.